Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Steelers Country Weekly, we will break down the Steelers' surprising win in week one against the Buffalo Bills and look ahead to the Week 2 home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm Nick DiTullio, and I am joined once again by the world-famous accountant Eric Vammenschoden. And Eric, welcome back. It's great to have you back. Yeah, glad to be back. So, uh, exciting week to come back and talk through. So, uh, definitely starts the season off with some optimism. And let's get this out of the way right off the bat. Had you been here last week, and again, we had our unpaid student intern last week who was wrong as always in his prediction, would you have picked the Steelers to win or lose up in Buffalo? Lose. I would have thought that their first half performance would have sustained through the second half. But I would have been wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes it's good to be wrong. But, but yes, most everyone was in agreement that the Steelers were not going to win this game. The Bills are a very solid team, and they still are after the loss this weekend. Uh, they're a trendy pick to be Super Bowl contenders, and if not if not Super Bowl winners. And Josh Allen is also a trendy pick to be the league MVP. However, he went up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which as of, I think it was Friday or Saturday, finalized a deal with T.J. Watt to get him on the field. And they did not let up all game. I have to give lots of credit to the defense. Um, it's The way that offense played in the first half was, I don't want to say uninspired, because it's tough to tell that when you're looking through a camera, uh, watching through TV, rather. Uh, but they just kind of seemed out of sync. Um, the line wasn't as bad as some people thought it might be, but it was certainly having issues. And, and really, it just seemed like nothing could go right for them. Defensively, however, they got consistent stops, um, especially the first drive of the game, if you can even call it a drive by the Bills. They had a 75-yard kick return and only got a field goal out of it. So I'll let you go ahead and take things from here, Eric. Uh, I gave us kind of a quick rundown of how the game went. Um, but let's just let's hear your thoughts on the game and how things went and some big takeaways that you have. Yeah, I think that um, really we, we got lucky to come out of there with a win because you look at the stat line, uh, Bills, seven minutes over time of possession. They had 79 plays, our 55, outgained us, uh, outpassed us, outrushed us. Um, Really, it just came down to they had a timely fumble on Josh Allen. They had the uh, punt return or the punt block that went for a touchdown. And the Bills really that I, I know that TJ Watt had himself a day. I know Cam Hayward had some stats, but something that doesn't really get captured uh, on these guys' stats is 
penalties cost. I, I'm pretty sure that um, the Bills' left tackle had three or four holding calls in the day. Um, and it could have been more. It could have been more. And they just were – they got in the, the offensive lines, the uh, Bills' offensive lines' heads, and, you know, I think that spooked Josh Allen. Um, he actually had – yeah, he wasn't quite as accurate. He wasn't hitting as deep balls. He had a couple times where um, I know one for a fact, like Manuel Sanders near the end zone and just overshot him by a good five, seven yards. But, you know, I think a lot of that gets attributed to how well that defensive line played. And then even the secondary kind of tightened up. They, they got a little picked apart in the first half, just a little bit, just getting a little tired uh, near the end of the first half. But they really made plays in the second half. Um, you know, I, I remember there was one time that Terrell Edmonds came across, cut off the wide, I think it was Diggs, near the end zone. Would have been a touchdown. Um, but a great play that doesn't show up in the stat line. Uh, won't get attributed to them, but those are the type of things that when you watch a football game, rather than just looking at the stat lines, those are the intangibles that lead to a victory. And that's why the Steelers won by seven on Sunday. It's also important to remember, particularly on defense, that sometimes when you don't see a player's name on the stat sheet, they're doing a great job because if, let's say, Joe Hayden... Let's say he only has two passes defended the entire game. Maybe that's because they only threw the ball to the receiver he was guarding two times because he was doing such a good job. So yeah, to your point, a lot of times things won't show up on the stats. One stat I did want to point out, though, was of the top five, I think it was top five players to get the most pressure on the quarterback, uh, three of them were Pittsburgh Steelers. You had... Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, and Melvin Ingram. Um, so definitely Melvin Ingram came to play as well. He's a good compliment to T.J. Watt. Uh, I also wanted to shout out Norwood, a uh, freaking seventh-round draft pick out starting and making big plays uh, in the secondary. And then I don't even know his first name, and that that's on me for not doing the homework, I guess, but Pierre, our defensive back, um, there was one of the big third down plays that you were talking about where Allen did hit his receiver and Pierre came out of nowhere and just popped the ball out. Um, huge play. So I have to certainly give credit to the defense for stepping up and being very consistent throughout the whole game. Uh, and I think, like you said, I don't really want to call us lucky, but if our defense can do that against teams as good and as solid as the Buffalo Bills. That gives me a lot more hope than I guess I had coming into the game. Um, the only thing we can do now is hope that the offense will step it up um, and not take an entire half to get warmed up. Looking back at this game, I, they only had 54 yards, I think. It, was it in the first half or the second quarter? And then they had like a 70-yard drive to open the half. Um Speaking of which, that's one thing I will say that the Steelers' offense needs to certainly get better at, first and foremost, in my opinion, is when you get into the red zone, you've got to finish the drive. Um, 
Ben missed Najee Harris on, it wasn't a screen pass, but it was a short out route where he just overthrew him. I guess he was on his back foot. Uh, Najee probably would have powered his way in for a touchdown on that one, or at least gotten it to the one where they could have just done halfback dive to get it in there. Um, those are the kind of things where that would have gotten the team in the game a lot, a lot quicker and could have changed the outcome, I guess, even more the Steelers favor. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is you never want to leave it to chance, nor do you want to rely on your punt return team getting a touchdown which is something that neither of us have mentioned. Um, the first of the Steelers' touchdowns was a blocked punt that Ulysses Gilbert picked up and scored. So, again, not it's amazing that that happened. I wish that they would do that on every, every punt. Um, but you don't want to have to rely on those kind of big plays. You need your offense to perform consistently, just like the defense did. Um, but that being said... The offense did pick up steam a little bit, and Deontay Johnson had a fantastic touchdown catch. It was a good throw by Ben, get it out of the way of the defender. Deontay Johnson, who was one of the many receivers that struggled with drops last year, comes up with that big catch, getting both feet down in the corner of the end zone, which effectively put it away uh, since the Bills were unable to recover the onside kick at the end of the game. Um, so... I'll give the offense credit for picking up at the right time, but it would be good to see them, you know, play the entire four quarters of the game, if nothing else, to give their defense a break. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the red zone thing because this team doesn't need to be that explosive. This doesn't need to be a 30 points per game team offensively. Um, but you, you can't have games against look especially the quality of women like the Bills and expect a W when you're kicking twenty yard field goal, twenty four yard field goal, you know, thirty three percent touchdown ratio in the red zone. That that needs to improve. Um and, and I think that the offensive line improvement will help because, you know, I will say Najee Harris, there was only one time where I thought he had good burst, but he looked pretty slow, and maybe it's because the offensive line wasn't getting a push. Maybe he doesn't have quite the confidence that he had, he needs right now, but you know those things might take time, but you know you definitely could tell from the second half, you know, when we – do rely on Ben to kind of get the job done, things will kind of start turning around, but we just want to make sure that we become more of a balanced team because as we saw at the stretch last year, once we abandon the run, that doesn't really solve all your problems. No, that that certainly makes it even more challenging for you because the opposing defenses can just say, all right, we're going to play the pass until you show us that you're even going to try to run. Um and I think that to start the game, to start the season rather, the Steelers did a good job of attempting to be balanced. Um, I would have liked Najee Harris to have gotten a better run game goal, and it looks like his stat line was 16 carries for 45 yards with a long run of 18 yards. So you take away one of those, that's what, 27 yards on 15 carries. Um, 
Certainly not what we were hoping for. However, um, one of the benefits of Najee Harris was his present catching balls out of the backfield too. So um, I don't want to pin it all on him and say he's failed already. That'd be foolish. Um, but yeah, and let's also not forget too that this was the first game of the year. Um, preseason has become increasingly meaningless and players are getting much less playing time every year too. So it might take a week or two to see these teams really start to gel. I'm hoping that the line will find a rhythm and get that push that we're talking about uh, that will help establish the run. Uh, but yeah, we, we certainly don't want to have Ben Roethlisberger having to throw 50 passes a game um, like we saw at the end of last season. Um, so I think that about does it for this game, though. Uh, again, a little bit negative on our side, but uh, at the end of the day, this was a win against a very good team, and if the Steelers go 17-0 and with wins like this, I'll be perfectly happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good way to cap it. I mean, oh, I am zealous about this win. Definitely exceeded expectations. So, room for improvement, but jubilant all the less. Well, and speaking of that, the Steelers now have their home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders, who played in definitely the most exciting game of Week 1 to end things on Monday night when they beat the Ravens to give the Steelers a first-place tie in the AFC North with the Bengals. Um, but no, the Ravens lost to the Raiders in overtime, and I don't know what you would call that game, I guess a series of unfortunate events, but as it stands, uh, now the Raiders have to come into Pittsburgh after playing on a short week. Uh, they'll be the Steelers' first opponent at Heinz Field this year. Uh, taking this game against the Bills into account, the Steelers do come back relatively healthy, um, so we'll see what happens here. I'll let you take the lead on this one, Eric. What are some things that you're looking for in this uh, matchup against the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I got to watch that game. And, um, you know, the Raiders played a game very consistent to ours. I mean, they looked like the lesser team in the first half. Uh, it didn't quit. Made some timely things. A um, little bit of luck ball bounced the right way um overall i think that we are the better team um, i do think that um our defense is a little bit better than what Derek carr who put up 435 yards of passing uh against the ravens i don't expect that to happen against the steelers defense so um you know i do think again as long as we can kind of tip that scale to time of possession being more at least 50-50, uh, running the ball a little bit better, um, and then our defense just maintaining their strong presence, I do expect us to um, to continue on. I mean, the Raiders also, um, I, and to elaborate on the defense, they didn't have much of a rushing attack either their leading rusher was josh jacobs which people in fantasy will say well he had a great game 
because he had two rushing touchdowns, but he also ran for 3.4 yards a carry uh, for 34 total yards. So not great. And something that um, I am worried about from the game, though, uh, we the, the one heel that the defense has had since we've done podcasts since probably the last decade, I feel like, is that we have trouble with elite tight ends. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has demolished us in any game that we played against the Patriots. Um, Derek Carr threw to Darren Waller, I want to say 20 times. And I'm not exaggerating that. I at least saw a stat line that was 19 well into the game. He's just relying and, and going to Waller each and every time. So if we're able to kind of try to take him out of the game, um, whether it's double-teaming him, bracketing him, hell, triple-team him, and make Derek Carr throw to guys like Zy Jones, Hunter Renfro, I think that this defense could sustain a little bit of bending, not breaking, because uh, Darren Waller is a superstar, and uh, if you get the ball in his hands, he will he'll he'll take it to me. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. The one thing I will say that neither of us mentioned when talking about the Bills game is that the Steelers did not have a turnover as well, which was huge in a game like this. So, I would say that. As long as they just take care of the ball, I think they should walk away with a win. The defense is going to be strong, or I expect it to be strong. Um, I would hope that they can step up to Waller or at least apply enough pressure to Carr that he's not comfortable enough to make many of those passes to Waller. Um, so that's what I would say will be the key to my game, is just not turning the ball over. Let the offense get into its rhythm, again, hopefully much quicker this week than it, it was last week and let the defense do what the defense does. Um, take care of the little things on special teams, like not giving up a 75-yard return to start the game. Um, I think that this is a game the Steelers should win, um, especially being given the confidence from last week's performance. Uh, that, that answered a lot of off-season question marks that we had and certainly others had as well. So... I think that that's all going to be handled. I think the Steelers will take care of business. It'll be their first game in front of a home crowd in almost two years. Well, maybe a year and a half would be better. Um, so, and it'll be the the Raiders' first road game, true road game in that time as well. Um, so, I think the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to give them. I'll say it'll be twenty-seven to seventeen. Okay, you're going. Large margin. Eh, Ten points. Not really a blowout, but not, you know, one possession either. Um, yeah, I was thinking more 23-20. Like I said, I just don't, I don't think that this offense is there yet. The, the scales is 30. So, um, yeah, and then I expect Derek Carr, two interceptions. That'd be nice. All right, so you have the Steelers on top, 23-20 in this matchup. This is a good segue since uh, Eric was unable to be with us last week. We did not get to do our 
uh, game by game for a final record prediction. So we're going to go through game by game right now. We're going to spot ourselves the week one win. So we'll just say we got that right, even though we were both totally wrong. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to give us L's. Nope. Never mind. We're going to keep it as a W. Um, we each have W's for week two as well. So let's look at the schedule. Week three uh, will be against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. I'm going to give the Steelers a win on this one because I just, I think Burrow in his uh, overtime win against the Vikings was still sacked five times by the Minnesota Vikings defense. I think that our defense is better than Minnesota's, and I think that we're going to get to them a lot more. So I think that the Steelers are going to get a win here. Yeah, and, and kind of similar to like, you know, probably 29 and, and upwards, when there was hype around the Browns, it was, show me that you can beat them. And I think last year the Browns legitimately did show that they can beat us and uh, honestly put us on the brink of sweeping us. Um, until that day, I'm always going to go with the Steelers over the Bengals. So Steelers going on to 3-0. To 3-0, and all right. Now this game, the next game will be at Green Bay, uh, which I for sure before Sunday would have said this was going to be a loss. Uh, but anyone who watched the game on Sunday saw that the uh, Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, who was not traded or released despite his demands, uh, just looked awful in every aspect of the word. Um, so it's not as crystal clear as it was before. I think I'm still going to give the Steelers an L here just because I would, I would think that Aaron Rodgers and his team are going to get this sorted out sooner rather than later. Uh, plus the Saints, even without Drew Brees, are still a, a pretty good team. So uh, I, I think the Steelers will stumble here. Yeah, yeah, I think Rodgers will kick off some rust. It's hard to play in Green Bay. Um, so I'm going to go with the Steelers losing this one. All right, following the game against the Packers, the Steelers host the Broncos. I am going to give the Steelers a W here uh, just because I, I – the Broncos quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. They had a chance to get Justin Fields. They passed on him. John Elway's going for another guy who I don't want to say is washed up. He certainly had his injury history, which is not his fault. Um, but John Elway likes to take a chance on these guys who other teams pass on. Uh, I just, I'm not sold on the Broncos, so I'm going to give the Steelers a win here. People said that they looked really well, but they played the Giants, who I don't really think is a very good team. So, uh, W for the Steelers as well. Following that, they have a Sunday night game hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think I'm going to give the Steelers an L here, just because I don't think they're ready to take on Russell Wilson. Um, plain and simple. Hundred percent agree. Uh, L, L for me. All right. Then the next game will be on Halloween at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, of course, did lose to the Chiefs, um, but they played very well for 
I'd say probably about 90% of that game before letting the Chiefs back in. Um, I do think the Browns are a good team. Um, I don't know that they're in a position to sweep us this year, but I, I do think that they will certainly win the game at home, at their home. So I'm going to give the Browns the win here on Halloween. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it being at home, I think the scales tilt in their favor. All right. You and I have not disagreed yet, so we need to get some drama going here. Okay, after the game against the Browns, the Steelers are going to host the Bears. I am going to give the Steelers a win here. This is a Monday night game at home, so again, big deal for the Steelers. The quarterback is either going to be Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. I'm not sold on Justin Fields yet. Um, again, it'll just depend on at what point the Bears decide they've had enough of the red rifle and pull the trigger on Justin Fields. Do you like what I did there? And um, <laughs> So i got to get the dad jokes out. Um, but the point I'm making is whoever the quarterback is, I'm still confident that the Steelers' defense can handle them. Yeah, um, I do think it'd be funny if Andy Dalton is the quarterback here on Monday night. Andy has had a very checkered pass on primetime games, um, especially against the Steelers. So I uh, would love to see that Steelers with the W. Gotcha. Following that, the Steelers keep it in the NFC North, hosting the Detroit Lions. Uh, not much to say here. I'm giving the Steelers a win because they're playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, they had some fight, but uh, this is just quite possibly the least talented roster, uh, arguably, in the league. So Steelers with a W. All right. Following the Lions game, the Steelers travel to Los Angeles to play the Chargers on a Sunday night game. Uh, this is the Steelers traveling to the West Coast, and they are playing Justin Herbert this week, not who was the quarterback the last time they went out to Los Angeles. Was that last year or the year before? Well, in either case, it was when the Steelers had Duck Hodges on the field. Um, I just think the Chargers are a better team now, and the Steelers traditionally don't do well traveling to the West Coast. I'm going to give the Chargers the win here, so Steelers get an L. I, I agree. I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, their week this week. Uh, Herbert played Washington team, not a very good Washington offense. It was a slugfest, and Herbert did just enough to get them a win. So, and we don't go, we don't do well on the West Coast. No. Uh, well, so. Okay. Following the game in Los Angeles, the Steelers travel back east and stop in Cincinnati for a game at the Bengals. Uh, same same analysis as above. I just I think the Steelers' defense is too good, especially for that Bengals' offensive line. Uh, so I'm going to give the Steelers the W in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I will as well. Perfect. Then the Steelers host the Ravens for the first time. I um, I think... I'm going to give the Steelers the W here because I don't think the Ravens have gotten any better since last year. Uh, while I do think the Steelers' defense is slightly better than last year. So, uh, without going into it too deep, I do think the Ravens are still a solid team. Um, 
I don't think we're going to sweep them this year, but I think the Steelers can probably take at least one game from them. Um, I'm going to go Steelers with a L, and I'm going to also kind of mention, put a pin in it. This was around the time that the that Ben just fell off a cliff uh, near Thanksgiving time frame against the Ravens. I still expect that if go back to my off season, I don't think it was the right decision to hold on to Ben. And I think de- December and January will show you why. Well, well, if this ever gets back to Ben, you're going to feel real sorry when he comes out and throws five touchdowns. <laughs> All right. So we finally have our first disagreement. Um, so good. We're not, we're not in the same boat anymore. <laughs> Now, here's where it starts to get interesting, too. The Steelers have a short week. That'll be their Thursday night game. They have four days rest. They travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Um, I'm looking at the numbers here, and I think I might be too generous with my wins, but um, Kirk Cousins doesn't play well against teams with winning records. Uh, And again, the Steelers' defense is still very good. Uh, So... I think I have to give the Steelers another another win here, if nothing else, just because of Kirk Cousins' track record. Yeah, I I and I, I agree. I was also looking at the power rankings, and uh, someone had the the Vikings at like twenty third in the league, and I was like, is that too low? But watching them play against the Bengals, it might be just right. This isn't a very good team. We'll see. All right. After the Vikings game, the Steelers will go to or will host the Titans. Um, man, this was another one that I would have for sure given the Titans the win before Sunday, but they came out and just stunk it up against the Cardinals. Um, I think I'll still give the Steelers an L here, just because I'm looking at my my wins and losses here, and I I. I just can't see the Steelers going on a four-game win streak and w- as well as keep one against the Titans. So I-, I feel like I have to give them an L here, and I'm going to assume the Titans are going to get their stuff straightened out. Yeah, I also think, uh, see my notes about Ben not playing well late into December, but Derrick Henry runs better as the year progresses. A man... Ages of like a fine line. He'll be running full sprints all over his pillars. And, gotcha. And here's where I think the proverbial cliff is. We've just crossed it. Uh, and you'll see what I mean as I announce each remaining team. The next game will be at Kansas City. Um, I'm. They get an L from me because they're playing the Chiefs. And in my opinion, the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs are the team to beat in general. Um, and no way we're keeping up the, with the scoring uh, with the Chiefs, so we're going to lose this game. Following that, the Steelers are going to host the Browns. Um, I am going to give the Steelers a W here because they're hosting the Browns, and I'm going to assume that... Cleveland's had some sort of issue by this point, not to say that the Steelers are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You keep referring to Ben falling off a cliff. 
um, which which could very well happen. I just I don't see the Browns sweeping the Steelers this year, um, especially if the Steelers can stay healthy and that defense continues to do what it does. So I will give them the W here to avoid the season sweep. Yeah, I, I contemplated this one, but um, I agree with you. I can't see a sweep happening. Uh, and just kind of like Sunday, the Browns are a good team, but somehow they find different ways to lose. So I think that's what I kind of expect from this game is a turnover-laden game from Baker Mayfield. And the final game of the year will be in Baltimore. I am giving this an L for the Steelers for the same reasons I just gave them a win against the Browns. I already gave them a win against the Ravens once. I don't think they're going to sweep them. Uh, and I think the Ravens are still a very good team. I'm going to give the Steelers uh, the L here. If they couldn't win in Pittsburgh, they're definitely not winning at M&T Stadium. They're losing. All right, so that does it. Let me tally up the results here uh, in my Excel sheet. And I believe I have them winning one more game than you. Uh, and the only difference being that first game against the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Let's see here. Filter out all my L's. All right, so I have the Steelers at 10 and 7, and you have the Steelers at 9 and 8. So we're pretty close. And again, we were only off on one game by, um, you know, uh, in, in, in a division opponent. So we have, we have a similar outlook this year. Hopefully the Steelers will prove us wrong, um, but, but we will see. The extended season is going to be an interesting as well just to see how things play out um if teams you know lose more guys throughout the course of the year you never know how things could change but i guess my the natural question is do you think a 10 and 7 record gets the steelers to the playoffs i was thinking that i don't think that's good enough because while i don't similarly i don't think that there's uh a lot of good teams in the AFC East. You still have um, the Cleveland and Baltimore. I think those are tough teams. Um, I think that you know someone's got to win out of the South. But then the West, that could be a three playoff team. I mean, if the Raiders beat us on on Sunday, I mean, don't doubt them. And you know, even Denver's got a good defense, so. There's a lot of quality teams, especially in the AFC West, so I, I just don't think that that's going to get it done. Yeah, I think it was funny. Um, neither, no team from the AFC or the NFC West lost in week one. So yeah. the West Coast is, uh, or the Western half of the country is really showing up in football. Um, I will say this for the Ravens, though. They're going to start off the year... I would assume they're going to lose to the Chiefs. Uh, that's who they play next on Sunday night. So they have to play the Chiefs next. I'm looking at some of the other teams they play. They'll play the Packers as well. They play the Rams too, which is a team that the Steelers don't play. Um, so they're, they're going to have to play some catch-up 
off the bat, starting off 0-2, and, and then, of course, every team runs the risk of just dropping a game that you shouldn't lose. Um, so the Steelers have really helped, I think, themselves out by getting off on the right foot with a win, especially against a Buffalo team, uh, showing that at least for one game they can stack up against almost anyone. But yes, I, I am very interested to see how they look down the stretch, particularly in that gauntlet at the end with the Titans, the Browns, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. I don't think that's in the right order, but those last four games in particular are just brutal. So hopefully yeah. hopefully the Steelers can get into a position where they only have to win one or two of those games or, heck, even none of those games. Hopefully they might already have a spot, a spot locked up, um, as difficult as that might be. But uh, I think if there's anything we can take solace in, it's that if the Steelers do make a playoff, make the playoffs this year against this schedule, it will certainly be very well earned. Absolutely. And I mean, I will give credit, you know, this is a good team, but this is still a team in transition. And as much as I don't really have faith that this is a playoff team, it's still just another year that Tomlin will top out above 500 um, from both of our project- predictions. I think that says a lot considering the talent exodus, you know. It was dealers and the Saints. Everyone talked about how much they lost and how much that they had to, like, you know, question marks outstanding. And you see that from our team from week one, but also from the Saints, Good coaching does a lot for your team, and uh, Tomlin and uh, Sean Payton are two of the best at it. Against quality opponents, too, in week one for both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, against, yeah, quality opponents, uh, some of the best rosters, uh, best coaches. McDermott, I I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the league, and LaFleur is a, started off with two thirteen straight win seasons, so... Um, definitely nothing to snuff at. <laughs> nothing to snuff at. <laughs> we'll, we'll end it on that. Um, well, was there anything you wanted to add before we, uh, before we do sign off for the evening? Um, Luke Fickle, if you listen to our podcast, oh, do not boy. leave our alma mater for USC. We love you and we'll extend you through 2040 if that's what we need to do. Eric, <laughs> Eric will put the money. Cincinnati, I left it. Yeah. So when you say we'll pay you through twenty forty, are you putting up the money yourself? Is that new job working out that well for you? I will crowdfund. That's what the youngsters do nowadays. <laughs> oh my God! Well, there you go. That can be our connection. The Steelers, uh, in several mock drafts, are projected to take. UC quarterback Desmond Ritter. Um, so there's our connection. But yeah, no, that was the exciting news. Um, it's been out there for a while now. I think when I recorded with the unpaid student intern last week, it wasn't official yet. But, but yes, the Big 12 extended invitations 
and accepted applications for BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida in the wake of Texas and Oklahoma leaving. So it's a little bit watered down of a power conference, but it's still a power conference that our Bearcats get to join. And today, USC fired Clay Helton, and Luke Fickle is the number one rumored candidate on top of being the best available group of five coach out there. Uh, the USC athletic director was the athletic director who hired Fickle at Cincinnati. So there is that connection. I personally, if my gut tells me he doesn't take it just because he's lived in Ohio his whole life and Mike Bone is his only connection out there, um, especially now that he has a power conference opportunity at home, but it is, it's still USC. So I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty cool job. And if he does go out there, I'm never going to L.A. again. You guys are taking both of our coaches, even though I didn't really care about Nick. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, we we will never uh, spend on another... On note, though, uh, I'm going to probably say his name wrong. Benemy, Eric Benemy from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, he's kind of emerged. Uh, it'd be interesting if he takes a job. Um you know, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Reed's not going anywhere. But uh, he's a smart guy in the room. So uh, interesting if he would have to take that midseason uh, if he did take the job at all. I mean, Urban Meyer could do what um, Bobby Petrino and Nick Saban did, although Bobby Petrino left in the middle of the year as the head coach. Um, you know, if things don't work out in Jacksonville, who, by the way, lost to the Houston Texans, who – are supposed to be the worst team in years. Um, Look at Not yeah. even lost. They, you know, they Jacksonville scored a late sec, uh, touchdown on them, and at that point it was they're down twenty three points. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So, if you're listening, USC, you can take uh, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, or you can make a play for Urban. Um, I've also heard Reggie Bush and or Matt Leinert are interested as well. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot to end it on. Um, we covered, I think, everything we needed to with the Bills, the Raiders, the entire schedule, and, of course, the Cincinnati Bearcats, as this is a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. <laughs> so for the world-famous accountant, Eric Vammenschoten, I'm Nick DiTulio, and this has been another episode of thegamehouse.com's Steelers Country Weekly. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.